program brought to you by the Student Historical Society of Nigeria, the Unilag chapter. I'm your host for today at Debayo Fable and I am joined with two lovely gentlemen in the studio. Can you introduce yourself please? Okay, my name is Toby. My name is Kometa Debayo Adeduji. Okay, um, given that this is Black History Month, we will be like our program for today will be dedicated to all things history as usual we have two segments that we will be taking today and that's our this week in history and the rhetoric they are packed with rather interesting and insightful things to know so we will be going on a breather right now but when we return we will take the this week in history See you then. Now this song is dedicated to all of the lovely girls all around the world. I and I love it to the maximum. So run, come back, we have some fun and settle down. Do you understand? Alalala, number one, funny global. Alalala, yeah, this is song and it will thrill you. Alalala, it make you feel good right from the start. Alalala, me say the people, they love this song. Alalala, yeah, this is song and you must sing along. So sweat to the beat and you can't go wrong. So come, call the people, let me sing this song. Have mercy. Alright, so jumping into the This Week in History, which will now be This Week in Black History. August 29, 1957, Congress passed the Voting Rights, of, the, the voting rights Bill of 1957, the first major civil rights legislation in more than 75 years. Hmm. Mm. This is quite interesting because um, this was the first civil rights to... This was the first civil rights act to become a law in years and it was championed by senator lyndon johnson who was the majority leader at the time and president dwight heisenhower and this was actually on behalf of african americans that had been denied the right to vote so this was actually a, a really good step in my opinion especially given the fact that and um, black history especially from the beginning was really known for like its slavery and also yeah. it showed that they had come a long way from 
the entire situation yeah and um, also um, there's no we want to talk about the civil rights movement um rights we're not talking about the civil rights movement because for me i just feel like say, you know, the senator itself um trying to create claim the glories for me it's just like trying to rewrite history because talking about history itself talking about the struggle itself we can't have, um um not talk about people who play foremost you know um spirits fighting against the system against the system of oppression mm. you can't forget about talking about you no know, matter Luther king we played a yes. significant role Malcolm X who played a significant role and also the student movement you know who was headed by um Kwame Ture, you know so we shouldn't try much to not forget the people you know who sacrificed their lives that have been you know kicked jailed you know murdered by the police and also you know all kinds of things so the bill itself, you know, should be given to the people because the people work for it. Because if the yes. people are not ready, yeah. you know, to not put their quota, you know, try much as possible to burn down the government if the government is not trying to yield to their, to their what's it called, atrocities happening to them. So from. Oh wow, that's quite insightful, Toby. Can you take us on the next fact? Um, August 30, 1983, John Guy S. Blueford Jr. was the first Black American astronaut to make a space flight on board the space shuttle challenger hmm. well okay so one thing i would really like to say is the fact that black history month really helps us understand that in this system in this situation where the odds were not in our favor Fable. majority of black people like still had that opportunity to shine yes. and while it's not being publicized as much as the white people that is why we have this month to really give credit where credit is due yeah. so like this first black american yeah he became actually, the first Amer uh, african-american to travel into space and he served as a mission specialist um aboard the space shuttle um challenge it's it's really um nice to see that um black people even though i feel we're given we're given the opportunity opportunity late to make our mark in history yes and he's also set the pace for other, black, know, other people. black people to also you know so moving on august 31st 1994 a pan yoruba conference holds at premier hotel ibadan though divided it nevertheless manages to ask yoruba ministers and other appointees in government to resign so this um, conference was actually part of the timeline of the major political events that occurred during General Sani Abacha's era. And there were lots of tensions, you know, between different factions. Nonsense. And eventually, um, they, they, were asked to, they were asked to resign. Moving on, September 1st, 1969. Military officers overthrew the Libyan government. The Libyan Arab Republic was then proclaimed under Colonel Muammar Gaddafi. A comrade, you really have something to say about this. Yeah, yeah, I really have something to say about it because there's no way uh, anywhere where I go to, I heard about Gaddafi. I try much as possible to just give the man the kudos of what he's trying to do to develop Africa. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, our people, let me just say, you know, the Nigerian society usually believes that whenever the military people take power you know they are always you know dishing out tyrants yeah. see and stuff like that but if we could check you know there are some certain people in africa that did something different like mm -hmm. on the issue of gaddafi when the gaddafi overthrew you know the feudal lords in in what's it called in libya we realized that the living condition of the people was so terrible to the extent that people were had 
you know, to survive, to eat. Things were very expensive, and mm-hmm. you know, the ruling class were just living, you know, enjoying the oil mm-hmm. money. So, as conscious as Gaddafi was, you know, he was trying to do something nice for his people. Yes. He took over the power, you know, you know, bringing socialist policies, change the whole thing, whereby he naturalized the economy to the extent the living standard of the people improved, improved mm-hmm. drastically. And one thing people also need to understand that, you know, during the Gaddafi era, you know. Women had the right to go to school, and you know, um, what's it called? The power of religion at that time was not too much in the society, you know, mm. give chance to advancement. You know, people were given the opportunity to go to school, do whatever want you want. You have, you know, healthcare, everything was probably good. And also, this is also to be like um, an eye opener to Nigerians who are not that open to history. Because if you could check, there are certain people, you know, you have to give kudos to who are military people that ruled. People like Thomas Sankara, people like Tamara Mitchell, you know. Um, Thomas Sankara was being killed due to what he was doing because he took power from the French. You yes. know, the French have someone there who was working on behalf of the French and it was exploiting the natural resources or the influence of the, of the French people. But when, uh, what's it called, Sankara came in, you know, it changed the thing all around, you know, changed the country name for upper voter to Sankara, you know, the, the land of the upright man. So that alone is an example like, you know, we still have genuine people, people, yes, people who are military yeah. that are ready to do something for the people. Mm-hmm. So people's our consciousness should always be as if, you know, democracy sometimes is not just about, you know, um, um electing people, you know, changing personalities. Democracy can be practiced under military government because the number one thing about democracy is to put the people's opinion in. Mm-hmm. So in the era of, let me say Gaddafi, in the era of Thomas Ankara, you know, whenever they want to do something, you know, they try much as possible to go around the village, ask for their own opinion, what should we do? Maybe for instance, now you see presenting in Nigeria now, you see some, uh, what's it called, some legislator, where they, they are give, being given, what's it called, their, their constituency allowance. Instead mm-hmm. for them to come to the, to their, to their constituency to ask people what do you need what are the pivotal thing that is you know really affecting us is it road is it healthcare is it whatsoever they won't ask they will just do things you know based on their own will yeah. so so is that democracy no. when the will no. of the people is not being taken place so we should respect like democracy too can still be practiced in the military, in the military government whereby the people's opinion need we need to be heard you know the people will participate in government because i realized that at that time you know when sakura was in power and the and the french government when trying to you know squeeze the economy of of um what's it called burkina faso with sanctions and stuff like that then the people came out and say we are going to support this government because this government is doing things for us improving our lives so you know majority of the work that were being done you know yeah things like you know railways and things like that were being done by people Voluntarily, because they yes. knew that the government was trying to do something more genuine. So that's my own opinion for yeah. that. That that's quite amazing. I feel like people like Mom Gaddafi are not even giving enough credits. Yeah, they're not even done. giving enough credit because you know why? You know, those are the people. Some certain elements in Africa, you know, and you know, some certain elements that are controlling the world economy don't want people like Gaddafi to be on the world front. You know, to create a party, you know, that we're able to develop Africa because one thing people also need to understand is that you know Africa has the natural resources yes. and the continent that has you know industrialization are trying to create take uh, what's it called uh, our natural resources to their own economy but the number one thing is that people like Gaddafi are trying to preach like Africa must be independent Africa must have its own currency Africa must have its own industrialization whereby we're able to produce all yes. the things we need you know for instance now we have places like Congo Congo has Coltan phones, you know, have yeah. diamonds, have things like that. Are the people enjoying it? No. 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 So yeah. those are the kind of things Mama Gaddafi is saying, like, this thing has to stop. The exploitation has to stop. Africa, we can come together, you know, 
build our own economy, build our own social, cultural, you know, development, whereby we won't be reliable to any Western institutions like IMF, you know, giving mm. us loans and in mm. the long run, you know, yes. shrinking our economy. Yes. Wow. Okay. Um, September 2nd, can you Okay. Um, September 2nd, 1975, Joseph W. Achet sworn in as the first black Supreme Court Justice in South in the in the south in the 20th century okay so i really like this because it's just like i said earlier these are you know african-american people setting the pace for you know incoming african-americans and if you really look back on this man's life joseph Woodrow hatchet he he lived quite a life he he really knew what he wanted and he made sure that his actions and every single thing he set out to do was tailored towards that and he he made such an impact in you know in the american economy the american society and even this man even served in the military in the army yeah at it's, a point it's in his a life. very um important figure and the fact that he attended a segregated segregated schools yes and Howard he graduated um Howard University with a Juris Doctor in 1959. This man has basically he went through racism and everything and still came out and exactly. still came out as a Jews. Exactly. So moving on, September 3rd, 1838, anti-slavery leader Frederick Douglass began his escape from slavery by boarding a train in Baltimore dressed as a sailor. He rode to Wilmington, Delaware, where he caught a steamboat to the free city of Philadelphia then took a train to new york city where he came under the protection of the underground railway network yeah um yeah i really need to talk about this because there's no way we want to talk about freddie douglas how coming into as well because you know history has been rewrite and sometimes you know the white people give us the history they want us to know exactly. they want the one to know and there's no way we want to talk about the abolishment of slavery we're not talking about Freddie douglas you know sometimes you go to you you you, you go to our schools and they play that uh, the person that abolished slavery in America was Abraham Lincoln, but mm -hmm. it's a pure lie, you know. Those that worked, you know, against, um, uh, what's it called, the people exploiting the Africans American on their plantations, eh, where the likes of, you know, Freddie Douglass coming to say that this thing must stop. Mm -hmm. And Freddie Douglass was also one of the uh, founding members, you know, going to the White House, telling um, Abraham Lincoln that if you don't stop abolishment of slavery, because mm -hmm. there was a time there was, during that era, there was uh, was a civil war happening between yes, the, the north and, and the south. south. So the south were, were winning the war gradually. Gradually, they were they were winning. They were conquering territories. So over time, Frederick Douglass went to what they call Abraham Lincoln that you know, stop slavery, give weapons to these slaves. They will fight for their freedom. They will fight to the extent that those in the south, you know, will be crushed. And I want people to understand that. In the south, you know, the economy there is is plantation, you know, yeah. grain crops, grain, you know, yes. cottons and stuff like that. So it was not that industrialized like in the it north. Exactly. So in the north, so anybody anybody that escaped from the south will have to go to the north for its freedom because what you know, uh, there's a little bit of industrialization that have took place in the north. You know, yes. they don't need they don't need more more of, slaves. Uh, more slaves. Yes. Because of or, the economy yeah, being run there, but in the, in the south, you know, majority of the people that are there are plantation owners, and they rely on the economy of slaves. So they they wanted to fight against this, and they wanted to take away Abraham Lincoln off the White House, take the power off from him. So people like Frederick Douglass should be given that they were the four 
front, uh, people who are at the front front fighting against abolishment of slavery. So, anytime you know, you know, uh, we are being told some certain history, but the chairman is supposed to check it. You know, do some deep background, you know, yeah. uh, research about it to be able to understand that black people, one way or the other, of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. A few months earlier. Racial tensions in the Deep South had erupted. News reports carried brutal images of fire hoses blasting at the backs of school children. President Kennedy had finally seen enough. In June of 1963. No Okay, welcome back everybody. We'll be moving straight into our rhetoric on reggae music. The history of reggae music had its root in the social upheaval in post-war Jamaica. The music was a fusion of different musical eras, mental and ska, and unique styles coupled with a message of unity and hope. It is one of the most innovative, interesting, and creative genre, which tends to be highly inventive, imaginative, and spiritual. The root of reggae is traceable to developments in post-World War II era from 1940s and 1950s. Mentor was the name given to Jamaican folk music that emerged. Although similar to Calypso, which originated in Trinidad, the sound and rhythm of mental can be traced back to the colonial Jamaica in the 1500s and 1655, during which the colony witnessed a mixture of different cultures, Spanish, British, African, and colorate. This mix of cultures contributed to the growth of an identifiable Jamaican sound, characterized by the fusion of European and African traits with origins in enslaved work songs created with guitar, rumba box, bongo, and banjo. Mentor mixed this with satirical lyrics of everyday life and verse, and verse repetition creating a foundation from which reggae would blossom. In the 1960s, the popularity of Mentor began to decline as people were influenced by R&B music from the USA. At the same time, electricity was becoming widely accessible and sound systems like mobile discos on the streets became the new craze while the dance style was adopted. 
um, when Jamaica gained independence in 1965-62, Scar's upbeat rhythm reflected the mood in the newly autonomous country, adopting Amer America R&B style by but adding mental elements. This era saw the seeping of Jamaican music into popular culture. Scars was a fast-paced chaotic music genre, but from the mid-1960s, the climate in Jamaica had spawned. It was beginning to change. Streets in downtown Kingston become lawless with rude boys, gangsters, terrorizing locals. Music mirrored this and Rocksteady, a slower-paced sound, grew popularity, but for a short time. However, an important event that shaped the history of reggae music was the visit of Emperor El Selassie in 1966. This was an important moment for the religious movement Rastafari, which saw him as the Messiah. The link with the Rastafarian culture would become a vital strand of reggae. During the late 1960s onwards, Jamaica was at the brink of civil war, with the political unrest, failing economy, poverty and volatile streets. Thus, reggae was the was the bass taking charge and drums as part of the melody reflected this reality as lyrics, lyrics became more conscious and words of protest and revolution changed the vibe and identity of the sound. In addition, it projected life and hopes for Africans led by the Rastafari belief. If was if it was the genre that Bob Marley and Whalers took global. For instance, Marley's songs depicts the past oppression of slavery and the future hopes of unity. The dance all genre also emerged using digital reggae to influence rhythm. In today's reality, reggae presence is felt influencing genres as punk, hip hop, and rock through artists as Eric Clapton, St. Paul, Lucky Dube, Shaggy, Go jo Jacob Miller, Demian Mali, Rihanna, Raskimono, Magic Fashek, and some reggae and some reggae greatest hits include one of One Love but Mali. Many rivers to cross, Jim Cleave, a, a place called Africa, Junior Bills. Wow. Yeah, I just want to chip in something about it because, you know, you know majority of the gerbins we know today from from reggae to um, blues, you know, to what's it called, to jazz, you know, originated from the plantations where the black people were working. Mm -hmm. Because we realized that the only way these people were able to express themselves is by their voice, by their singing. So where on the, on the plantation they sing, that's where you know the origin of reggae came from. You know, in some part of you know um, um, territories whereby being controlled by the English-speaking people, you know they were they were singing reggae. In some parts whereby it was being controlled, you know, by the by Spain people, you know, the Latin America, you know, they sing more of Latin songs, you know, mm -hmm. more of Latin songs and and what's it called um, lat, um, jazz music. So it just plays kudos because the original nation of music started from Africa itself, and we took music. Out of the continent of Africa, all over the world. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I just want to chip in, like, um, in co the contemporary period, period has also infused reggae music into music. For example, um, artists like Nicki Minaj, who has who has traced their roots to Trinidad, have always have tried to infuse reggae music into mm -hmm. their. It's like um, one of our latest is like Crocodile Tears, as it was mainly it was mainly a reggae vibe. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. But also, you know, the narrative of reggae music has changed because we realize yes. that reggae itself, from the foundation of reggae, it's about, you know, you know, fighting for the people, you know, speaking about the people. Because we realize that when Zimbabwe, you know, got their independence, you know, um, Bob Marley went there, you know, sang the song of freedom. Wow. So this, this has been really, really good. 
and we we are coming we have come to the end of today's program i genuinely hope that we've been able to take one or two lessons from all that we have you know read learned explained today because black history month is really really important and i just want to encourage each and every one of us listening in that if we have not really been taking this whole thing seriously we can start now there's no need to feel guilty we can start now so that you can understand your heritage understand your roots and be proud of it on that note i would like to say see you same time next week i remain your host at day by your favor thank you to these two lovely gentlemen that joined me in the studio today thank you to our listeners and we'll see you then bye